0: Welcome back to Making Sense of Retirement. I am John Gay. I'm joined by Vince Oldroy from Assured Retirement Group. Great to be back with you, Vince.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been interesting times here, so hopefully today is going to be a little bit better.
0: <laughs> I'm sure this will come as a shock to nobody, but we are going to talk about the coronavirus today, right?
1: Yeah, and I know we kind of touched on it you know, a few weeks ago, I think it was. I mean, like the market went down a little bit in January and then We thought we were kind of over it. You know, we thought everyone's getting a little bit better. Then all of a sudden, here it comes back. Everyone's getting sick again.
0: Exactly. So I should mention we're recording this on Tuesday morning, March 3rd. So the market, of course, had a huge drop last week. But then it did rebound a little bit yesterday on Monday, March 2nd. So a lot of volatility causing a lot of panic for a lot of people, right, Vince?
1: Yeah, I think the panic has definitely set in. I think even more so. It's maybe blown out of proportion, but... You know, I've read some of the people are trading 11 times more in the retirement accounts than usual, which, you know, definitely shows us there's a lot of panic going on. And maybe people are reacting based on fear and not uh, reacting based on what's actually going on. A lot of this is based on speculation, not actually based on economics so far. So that could create some issues in the retirement account because you're jumping out. But you could also make the argument that you're jumping out when the markets were high. So, you know, you could kind of go either way with that. But hopefully people understand that when you make changes based on fear, that's the exact wrong time to make changes. You should be making changes when the market's going up, when things are steady. But I understand it's a lot easier to answer a risk tolerance questionnaire when the market's going up compared to when the market's going down when it's gut check time, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, the old cliche being buy low and sell high, a lot easier said than done as you put together a financial plan and you're sitting in the office with Vince and you say, "Okay, could you tolerate this? Could you tolerate that? As opposed to actually seeing how much the market has dropped. And I think this is where, Vince, you're also part psychologist dealing with your clients because you have to keep them to the plan that they set up originally, as opposed to reacting out of fear and emotion because money can be such an emotional thing.
1: It can be very emotional, and when the market's dropping that much so quickly, you can get a lot of anxiety, uh, especially when you turn on the news. All of a sudden, they're talking about you know more deaths, and it's coming to the U.S. All that stuff kind of stokes fear and makes people want to react, right? And is this going to be the big one? Is this going to be the major <laughs> drop? And you know, it's important to put a plan together that you can stick to. Uh, it's important to have a plan that you can stomach the – Corrections in the market. More importantly, though, your plan and portfolio should be able to weather, so to speak, the storm. Right? Yeah. We should be able to weather the ups and downs, regardless of what the market's doing. But here's the caveat to that: when you build a plan that can pretty much make it through any storm, you have to give up a little bit too. Yeah. What I mean is, you have to give up a little bit of return or a little bit of the upside when times are good. Mm-hmm. But when times are bad you're going to be okay. And I think, you know, when we build up plans, the biggest thing that we try to do is make sure that we build a plan that can weather a storm, whether markets are good or bad, but that way you can stick to a strategy. If you build a plan and then all of a sudden change it when the markets are going down, all of a sudden you're not going to reap any of the benefits of the market if you can't stick to your strategy when times are not so good.
0: And something that you touched on a second ago there, Vince, which I know we've talked about in previous episodes, is you see all this stuff in the media, and it's worth repeating that the media doesn't make any money if they're not getting emotion out of you. They're not getting clicks on their websites to drive web traffic, and they're not getting ratings and advertisers if they're saying, don't worry, everything is okay. So the media tends to, and I'm not saying they're overhyping it, but the media, when it comes to the markets, when it comes to coronavirus talking about the scarier aspects of things are going to be what drives eyeballs and clicks. And it's important to keep that in mind as you consume information.
1: Yeah, I think the obviously the news is driving this quite a bit more than usual. And I try to remind clients to not buy into that. When you look at all the different diseases and that kind of thing that are out there, I mean, there are so many different things I've looked at that kind of compare it to other things. But if we go through history here, and we look at the SP500 performance during epidemics. Mm-hmm. So like SARS, which was in 2003, MERS, which was in 2012, Ebola, which was 13 and 14. Then we had the Zika virus, which was 15 and 16. Yep. We had some pretty big drawdowns, not quite as fast within a week, but we had some drawdowns. So like with SARS, it was down 13% almost. MERS was down 7 Ebola, you know, six percent down, Zika was down thirteen. And then six months after the outbreak, the markets were back up. Yeah. During SARS, six months later, the market was up 17%. MERS, it was up 15%. Ebola up seven point eight. Zika twelve point one. So if you can see any pattern there, there's obviously some fear, right? I think there's some other concerns though when you we look at like the global economy and how that might slow things down and that kind of thing. But You know, initially, this is all based on speculation. Right. We have not yet seen the economic impact, but even still, going back, if you are building a retirement plan, you need to have a retirement plan that can sustain some of this volatility. And again, you're just going to have to give up a little bit of the reward, but make sure you don't have too much risk. And every plan should be built out that way, in my opinion, especially if you're five years away from retirement or in retirement, you should have a plan that can... Sustain the market ups and downs. Now, for most of my clients, we already have things built in place. You know, we have technology that follows your retirement plan to make sure that whether we have a epidemic or pandemic or anything else that draws the market down,
0: any kind of demic,
1: any kind of demic, yeah. You know, global crisis, whatever it is, you know, that can kind of sustain that, and that's why we build the plans, show what the risk is within it, show the gains that you should get, but. The end of the day, we need to make sure the plans can make it regardless of what's going on in the market, and that's where I think a lot of this people are getting wrong, they're moving based on fear. You know, if people are changing their retirement accounts more during fear, then that's kind of telling you people are getting out when they shouldn't. And when we think about it, all that we lost here were our gains for the most part. We lost our gains from quarter four, so the market was. The Dow Jones was over 29,000 points before the coronavirus, and then all of a sudden we hear the news it's dropping a 1,000 and dropping another 1,000. It was the most point loss that we've seen in history. Right. But we have to keep in mind that point loss is different than a percentage drop
0: the difference between a percentage and a point, and it comes down to basic math but you know losing 1000 points today is not nearly the percentage as it was in say 1987 or 1929 it's not the same percentage and it's not the same effect
1: right i mean when you think back to the 2008 it's not the same when the market goes down 1000 points you know it's going down 5 6% in 2008 compared to now, you know, a thousand point drop is two, three percent. And that I think is the headlines in the news, right? We see another thousand point drop, another thousand point drop. I mean, come on, (laughs) the markets weren't that high back then and now they are. And, you know, a thousand point drop, that should be more normal now. Unfortunately, that's what we have to start to think about because it's the percentage, not the points. And we need to start understanding that you know, pretty soon, a thousand point drop is going to be normal. Yeah,
0: just a small percentage of the market for sure.
1: So when we think about the volatility, it's going to be hard to predict. We don't really know what the coronavirus is going to give us here as far as how long the volatility will be. But it's something to understand that, you know, in the past epidemics that we've had where people have pulled down the market due to the fear of these things, it's important to understand what that outlook looks like and based on history, we've had some pretty good outlooks after some of these epidemics or some of these fear things. So whether it's a epidemic, geopolitical crisis, natural disaster, financial issue, markets often react negatively to bad news. And then they recover.
0: You know, it's important, as we said, to not get caught up in the hype, to stick to your plan. And prior to that, it's important to have a plan.
1: Yeah, it's one thing when you build a plan. Your plan can't be reacting based on like a virus, right? I mean, your your plan should – if you think about the markets, markets are not based on viruses. They're based on economics. Right. And if you are making changes not based on economics, then you're going to hurt yourself. Now, could coronavirus obviously impact the economy? Yeah. How much of an economic impact is it going to make? We don't know. That's speculation. Right now, the economics are still rather strong. Even the banks are stepping in here to help make sure that the economy does not get pulled down due to the virus. And so if we're making decisions based on economics right now, we shouldn't make decisions based on fear. So I just want people to understand that we can't make these changes based on a knee-jerk reaction. We need to start looking at an average. If you're a long-term investor... You should be basing things off of averages, not based on short weekly movements. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at the average over the last month, quarter, you'll notice that you're actually not down that much. Or maybe you're actually back to where you started from the end of third quarter. So if you can look at the average, you can stomach it a little bit more than if you're looking at it weekly. And what we do with our clients, I mean, we update them weekly on how their investments are doing The nice part about our portfolios is they don't drop so much when things happen like that, but we still send them the weekly emails, which is kind of, if you think back, it's probably not always the best because we're keeping the emotion into it, right? But we do that because we want to make sure we understand your emotions. That way we can help be there right away during the emotions, help give you some pep talks, that kind of thing, to make sure you stick with the strategy, but then also really truly find out what your risk tolerance is. During times like this, so that way we can create portfolios and strategies to help for any future things that we have. So that's why we do it weekly. I wouldn't recommend looking at weekly or daily.
0: Or driving yourself crazy.
1: Yeah, if you can't stomach the movements, you should be looking at weekly or or daily because if you do look at the average, you start to notice, oh, market was down 1% or 2%. So here's what I would challenge yourself with is if the market was down, let's say over three months or four months over this time frame, it was down 10%. Would you make significant changes? You know, if you start to look at things over a longer period, you might say, no, I probably wouldn't make any changes. Mm -hmm. Then that's when you can look at the coronavirus and say, okay, I don't need to sell right now if I'm looking at the average. Now, if you're going (laughs) to try to time the market here, good luck.
0: We've always warned against that, yep.
1: Yeah, if you're going to try to time it, then, you know, hopefully it does well for you. (laughs) But at the end of the day, the coronavirus, I know, is creating a lot of volatility here. And I know in the next episode, what we're going to be talking about is how you can help create a portfolio, how you can help sustain the market risk for your retirement plan.
0: We look forward to that next episode. In the meantime, Vince, if somebody wants to reach out to you and deal with their retirement planning, planning for their future, what are the best ways to reach you?
1: Give me a call at 952-657-7470. Again, 952-657-7470. And if you need a little pep talk here to kind of keep you in the market, I'm more than happy to do that too. But feel free to give me a call at 952-657-7470.
0: Vince Oldray, Assured Retirement Group, pleasure as always, and got that little tease for our next episode. Look forward to it. Yeah, thank you. Investment advisory services offered through Assured Retirement Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor in the state of Minnesota. Insurance products and services are offered through Assured Retirement Group, Inc. Assured Retirement Financial Group, Inc. and Assured Retirement Group, Inc. are affiliated companies.